everybody. Thank you for joining us this week. I have Omar Dorsey with me. What's going on, Thanks everybody? Thanks for being here, man. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Um, so you wanted to talk about, nobody has picked Martin Lawrence yet. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want to do Martin Lawrence talking shit. I, you know, the crazy thing about it is this. Uh, uh-oh. Uh, the, the Martin Lawrence uh, talking shit album is a good album. Yeah. It yeah. is. Uh, it's not as groundbreaking as like Bicentennial Nigga. Sure, sure, sure. And it's not raw. Right. But what it is is all the people who came after Martin, mm-hmm. we all do Martin. Right, right. And so that's the, that's the reason I wanted to pick that album. Sure, sure. When did you first hear it? When the it first out? day it came out, probably. Yeah. I think I went and bought it at Turtles Record. Yeah? Uh-huh. I bought the uh, the tape, the, the, the cassette tape, mm-hmm. listened to it because uh, I was already a Def Jam fan, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was all in, man. Yeah. That was my album. I listened to it ad nauseum. Yeah? Yeah. Wore it out. I, mean, I wore it out. That's the hard part with tapes, though, too. Yeah, it is. You exactly. killed them. Yeah. Uh, so what did you know of Martin Lawrence before you heard the album, though? I mean, I knew I knew, I knew, all, I knew, a lot of it. I yeah. was a Def Jam fan, like I said. Yeah. I was uh, a fan of uh, what was it, House Party. Mm-hmm. I was a fan of What's Happening Now. Mm-hmm. I was, and I was a fan of uh, what was the one he did with Spike, I Do the Right Thing. Right. So he was like the quintess- quintessential comedian for me. He was the first, in my opinion, hip-hop comedian. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, you had Eddie, but Eddie was more on some uh, Rick James type, you know, sure. fly flashy type dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was other comedians at the time who were doing, who were hip hop type people, mm-hmm. but they were doing it so contrived. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, 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 what's up? But yeah. Martin actually lived it. Right, right. And the way he walked around, his whole swagger, everything about him mm-hmm. was hip hop. And it's, yeah. and, 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 he he exuded it, yeah. so that's what it was for me, man. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give him this for, for as much as we might be used to, you know, black people do this, white people do this. Right. He did it. It, it all seems natural. It's all completely natural. It but, is, yeah. You know? And he picked on black people way uh, in in his <laughs> black people do this, white people do that. The joke was black people overdo stuff. Right. And white people right. make it very simplistic. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Sure, like sure. like the whole the boxing thing. He was like, Yo, I wanna shake what's up to Ray Ray, Sha Sha, Earl, all of that. And then he said all white all white people say is Tucson, Arizona, coming home. Yeah. Like that's how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> but black people wanna take it all the way to the nth degree. So yeah, that was my guy. Um how did it specifically influence you as a as a comedian though? You know, the the thing is is uh even to this day, from that moment on mm-hmm. to this day, yeah. I say this, anybody who's black, not anybody, most people who are black and who are actors or comedic actors or mm-hmm. comedians, we all do a derivative of Martin Lawrence. Okay. If it's, uh, what had happened was all of that type of stuff, mm-hmm. anything like that, yeah. it came from that album. It came from Martin specifically. Yeah. So uh, that and then the characters, the uh the, the way he was doing Joe Jackson is just classic. <laughs> but he's like, he's messing up Geraldo Rivera's name and kept calling him Alado. <laughs> it's, it's bullshit, Alado. Like, that's just, like, you know, it, that's just one of the, my, my favorite jokes on the album. Yeah. Man. So it, it's a lot of it. Like, it, it's, a, it's the characters that he made, mm-hmm. the way he talks like this, man. Like, I, I still do that. Yeah. I still do it, and I've done it from that moment. Even, like, on Eastbound now. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a little bit of Martin in there, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, did, was it a thing that you got to share with your friends? Were, were you, like, did you, did you ever make friends over comedy? You Well, over uh, that specific album or just in, period? In general, but this album first, I guess. Well, this album, I mean, I shared this with friends. We, okay. were, we were young when this album came. We were in high school. Mm-hmm. I was driving, though, mm-hmm. so I had the tape. Okay. So we knew all the jokes. Me and, me and my boy Terry, he's in here right now. We uh, we were just listening to it in his apartment right now. Mm-hmm. 
And we were saying all the jokes. We were just saying them. <laughs> we were saying like it's like an NWA album or something. We just knew all the lyrics. And so all my friends, we all had it. Like, yeah. And we, all, we knew it all. Even when I ended up going to college, we were still listening to that album mm-hmm. and just saying all of the jokes. And, and like I said, it's not like the the most groundbreaking album. Sure. But it was a fun album. Yeah. Yeah. And it, even though it uh, like a lot of the album ended up being the You So Crazy uh, movie. Oh, yeah. Right. It's still like it. It still just resonated with me, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever had a chance to meet Martin Lawrence? I haven't. I know every. I know everybody over there. At Ron tell that. Yeah. And I haven't had a chance to meet Martin. I haven't. Not. Not yet. It's coming, though, brother. It's coming, Marty. Marty Mart. <laughs> <laughs> Did so? Were you a fan of his more mainstream stuff? I mean, of the show of his TV show. I was a huge fan of the show. One mm-hmm. thing about Martin, uh, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. He's dictated black comedy sitcoms mm-hmm. specifically, right? Since the advent of the Martin Lawrence show, yeah. Some of it's not good. Right. Some of the stuff right. I don't yeah. want to specifically put anybody out there. Of course, sure. But we all know. I think some, we know a lot. A lot of the stuff is just not good, right? But they're all doing Martin, right? You know, uh, so it's it, like it, like like we were saying. It's, it's just so. It's just very influential, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and, and like I said, man, I mean, I use him. Yeah, you know, I yeah. use him. And 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 the, I love them. I mean, I love the show a lot. I look at it now, and I'm like, man, it's so slapstick. Sure, it's sure. so slapstick. But the but it's fun. Yeah, you know, it's fun. Like you know, the the relationship between him and Pam grounded the show. Yeah, definitely. with the crazy character, the Otis and and and, and you know with Shanae yeah. and, and and Big Mama and all of that. Yeah, yeah. The that relationship always grounded the show and made it seem you know you know you can look past all the other slapstick stuff. Sure, right. Sure. I mean uh, that that was going to be my next question. What's the most positive stuff that you get out of that? And I guess that would be yes. You know, because people people do tend to look. If if they're if they're shooting for one type of demographic when they're making a show, right? And when I say one type of demographic, I mean anything outside of white. They think they have right. to find. I, I I don't know what people are thinking when they put a show together like that. When they just just look at any other show with any other people in it, right? You know, Cosby Show worked because it was just a husband and a wife and a family. family. You know, that, that was it, right? Um, and I. I do wonder how he might look back on that show and if he, if he ever cringe a little bit. I don't, I, I don't know, know if he cringes. You know, I, I don't. I mean, no. He still does some characters like that when he does his films. Right, so right. You know, I don't. He was young. He was so sure, young, and sure. it's like he was. Having, you can tell he was having fun. Uh-huh. You know, I, I think true. when the when the show really, you know, when it jumped the shark was when the that relationship between him and, and I said Pam, I meant to say Gina. Oh, well, right. when him and Gina, when we, you know, I think they were arguing in real life, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so they weren't doing scenes together. Okay. okay, and then you could tell like the energy wasn't there. Now it's just slapstick characters. Okay, that makes and, sense. And and it didn't and it didn't feel the same. Mm-hmm. But I but as an actor, I, I mean, I appreciate Martin. I mean, he's not I mean, he's not Daniel Day Lewis, but you know, right. but yeah. like the characters that he did, like in the movie Life with mm-hmm. with, with, yeah. uh, with, with Eddie. Mm-hmm. I thought that character was really good. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I really sympathize with him, like, because he was put in prison, you know, for life for something that he didn't do. Right, something that Eddie did, and now he has to, you know, pay the price for it. Right. So just to even see the bitterness that he had with Eddie, and then they end up becoming friends. Like I saw the work that he was putting in as an actor. So, sure. Yeah. What do you remember the first comedy album you ever listened to? 
It's probably a Red Fox album. Yeah? It probably was. It's something That's my good. dad had in the uh, basement that I wasn't supposed to be listening to. <laughs> and I've never heard so many curse words in my life, and I didn't even know what they were. <laughs> and then I went upstairs and told one of the jokes to my dad, oh, and he got shit. very upset. <laughs> I said something about a dick. I didn't know. And he was like, what? What? What would you say? I said something about the dick and a, and, and, and a tiger. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think I might have been six or seven years old. Oh, my God. Yeah, and that really... Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, that's one of the words you can't say. <laughs> but yeah, it was. It had to be either that or LaWanda Page album. Like my dad had all of those, uh, those chick, those Chitlin Circuit albums. Uh-huh. The LaWanda Pages, the it, it, anybody who was on Sanford and Son. Yeah, all the older people. Right. Uh, Mullet and Skillet. I forgot their names. Uh, Rudy Ray Moore, Dolomite, mm-hmm. and all of those. My dad had all of those albums. Wow. And that's before he got saved and got into the church. Uh-huh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he probably burned them now. <laughs> right. Right. Was it a so were you a fan? We, I mean, the way you describe it, they're kind of hidden away. So it's more like this is for me and mom, or or yeah, is it exactly. one of those things. Okay, so hey, did did you grow up with much comedy at all? I grew up with comedy. Yes, I okay, did. big okay. time. Yeah, okay. uh, the delirious, sure, uh, live at Sunset Strip. A lot of black comedy. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. It sure. wasn't until I got into high school that I found out who Steve. I knew who Steve Martin was. I didn't know he was a stand up comedian. Okay, yeah, I yeah, was yeah, an actor. Yeah. I mean, that's dude from the jerk. Right. You know, yeah. it wasn't uh, until I found out. George Carlin, or or, or any uh, anybody who wasn't black, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and it wasn't to college, so I, you know. So I listened to a lot of Mel Brooks and uh, Carl Reiner, mm-hmm. and that, of course those are geniuses because they're great writers. Sure, sure, you know, and Mel Brooks is just such an amazing talent. Period. Right, like that. That really did a lot for me as a writer actually uh-huh. like I uh, listened to Carl Reiner because he oh, writes God. so brilliantly yeah, yeah. you know uh, but yeah I grew up with comedy man I did and I was and I was in high school when Def Comedy Jam started right. I went to the same high school Chris Tucker went to really so uh, everybody in high school was so excited when Chris was going to sure. be on Def Comedy sure. Jam and listening to uh, Chris and then uh, ultimately listening to Bernie Mac uh-huh. and his stories just oh, amazing, man. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I mean, he 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 moves past just the regular stand up comedy. Yeah, He's, he tells you funny stories about his life, mm-hmm. and those are the things that you really get into. That's why he became so big. Out of all the deaf comedy guys, maybe outside of Martin, I uh, I think that Bernie was the best. I think, but just because you know his storytelling and it's the way that uh, he personalized it. And it, it wasn't his, just a bunch of curse words put together. Right. And it made his show so brilliant. Too. It made I his, loved his show. I think his show was one of the best shows, one of the best sitcoms over the last 20 years. I really do. And I, and I was I was heartbroken when he passed away. Oh, God. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I was really heartbroken. Because it's like, that's, again, one of those things you talk about. Uh, you talk about the Cosby show. Yeah. And what makes it different than a show like a Martin show. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you can see. Okay, this is about a family. It's actually about a guy who's taking care of three kids that aren't his, but they are his. Right, now. right. And that's what uh, Bernie did. Man, I love that dude. Man. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned getting being able to watch live in the Sunset Strip. Was that your parents just wait till you got older to let you watch that? Or? It's when my parents go to sleep. <laughs> okay. I go, okay. I, I go, I go. <laughs> I, I look on like the guy, the TV guy back then. Look on TV guy. Uh-huh. Oh, Cinemax showing um, live on Sunset Strip. <laughs> Let me go ahead and catch that right quick. Oh and that, man, and w- once you watch like Richard Pryor, mm-hmm. it puts everything else in perspective. Oh, it does. It yeah. does. You're like, yep. oh, this is how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> right. So it's like the first time I saw Live and Such as Trip. And then when I saw it, I think I was old enough to have a blockbuster car at the time. Uh-huh. So then I was driving. And so I just 
started, and I had a VCR in my room. So I got a lot of Sunset Strip. I got I got all of them, and oh, and good. then and then when I um got a little bit of money, that's when I started buying that the, the CDs. Uh-huh. Like I said, Bicentennial nigga to me, so brilliant. Yeah, yeah. You know, and what I, I don't know if you you listen to Bicentennial just nigga? once. I, I don't own it. That's one problem. See, he has a monologue at the end mm-hmm. where he oh. plays the Bicentennial nigga. Right. Like, oh lord, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. But he gets angrier and angrier oh, and angrier yeah. by the end. And I think I did that at an audition one time. Really? For a play. Oh my and god. I didn't get the role. And they were looking at me like, yeah, Malcolm X over here. <laughs> He's like, I don't know if he can do 12 Angry Men. You know what I'm saying? So, no. Yeah, so when I got in there, uh, Richard, man, that, that it put everything, like I said, in perspective. It's mm-hmm. like, man, this is the brilliance of how you do stand up. Right. And you just have, it's, he's so self deprecating. You know, it's like, man, he could just pick on himself. Yeah. He went, like, it's, it's a, um, Bit that he had, he lit a match. He said, "What's this?" Yeah. <laughs> the Richard Pryor running down the street. Now that's just a great joke. It's oh, like, man, this brilliant. is right after he got burned up with yep. fifth degree burns all over. He's like, man, good god! And that's a guy who got to evolve comedically with the civil rights movement. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. He he, like that progression that you're talking about at the end of that bit is yeah. is kind of natural. It is. You know, yeah. and I mean you know you you've heard you hear stories actually you're talking about my picture of Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder talks about his experience doing Stir Crazy right. with Richard and like all the movies up until then were okay, but that movie combination of drugs but also of course, like yeah. just the guy just had it he was he he had just had it so anything would push his buttons so right. he's just a fascinating guy but then now we're talking about somebody like martin lawrence who got to sort of benefit from a guy of course you know what i mean who who got to say all the stuff that was you know coming from his heart yeah. and he gets to sort of i don't know i don't know what i'm saying but uh, uh, polish his material right. in, in a different way exactly you know uh at a time where it, maybe it wasn't okay for him to be angry right i don't know you know eddie murphy could be angry right and he, he talks about eddie on on the on the album but right i don't know uh he was just a different voice i feel like who Mar- Mar- martin martin yeah. yeah he was you know you know uh i was talking i think man one thing i i did a movie last year called i did django on chain yes. last year yes and i was and, and fox and i were talking and we were talking about uh comedians mm-hmm and he was like, he said, you know, the last, he said, Cat Williams is a rock star, but but the wrong way. Sure. He said, the last rock star black comedian was was, was Martin Lawrence. Mm-hmm. He said, the women just went crazy over him. Right. You know, like, and you just look at Martin, you're like, okay looking guy. But right. no, it's like, what it's like Axl Rose. Axl Rose looks all right, but it's what exudes outside, oh, yeah. out of him. It's like, oh man, this dude is like, it's uh. <laughs> Is when you got that glow, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He has the glow like Bruce Leroy in The Last Dragon. Right. And you just like, man, this dude, there's something about him, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's he's the last the black comedian. He might be the last comedian I know who just had that rock star persona, right. persona like that, man. Right. And he did, like, he did benefit. But, you know, Richard was really rock star. Sure. Like, the wrong way, though. You know what I'm Definitely. saying? The same way with Cat. But one thing about Richard, man, it's like, Dude, he's just so talented. He's a great actor. Yeah. If you ever watch Lady Sings the Blues mm-hmm. and you see the character that he created, Piano Man, mm-hmm. you're like, man, this is coming out of you. And I know a lot of it is like with, with drugs or whatever. Sure, sure. And, and it's also a lot of him looking within himself and Definitely. his insecurities, which is what makes a really good actor. Yeah. Understanding your own insecurities. Sure. Man, the dude was just so brilliant. He made, Richard does upset me a little bit, though, sometimes. Really? Man, because he was so good. 
he didn't give himself a chance, I don't think. Right, right. No, he you was know? definitely wasted. There's yeah, no, and I, I don't mean it in the drugs way. I mean, no, he was he, wasted the, as that, an actor. As a talent, period. Yeah, it's like yeah. he could have been. I mean, he's already in the pantheon of one of the uh, of Mount Rushmore of comedians. Of Maybe number one. Sure. But it's like, man, he could have just crossed over and just been like great talents like yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. or something. For sure. Like For that sure. kind of crossing over. And people will love him, mm-hmm. but just – and I get mad at him because I'm like, you could have did this for yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, man, it's, it's just what happens when drugs, you know. I mean, he was supposed to be Black Bart and Blazing Saddles. That would have That would have, like – yeah, man, but, like, the studio didn't want to sign off on no, it. No, no. You know? They let him write it. Yeah, they let you him know, write it, but, but it was like, we're going to go ahead and bring in Cleavon Little right quick. Right. You know, because he's safe. You're right. You know? Exactly. It's like this guy's been in San Francisco telling these real wild, crazy jokes, and we hearing all these stories about what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's going to come down here to L.A. Now, we're not going to mess up uh, however many million dollars on this budget, you yeah. know? And he, but even, you know, even even Martin has had his, his, own, his own troubles. Of course but he has. seems to have recovered fine. I mean, you know, yeah, he has. you know, I mean, he, I guess he lucked out. Yeah. You get to learn from. You get to learn from yeah, your predecessors, man. You know, he didn't want to go down that. I mean, I, I, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. And you just don't ever know what's going on in a person's life either. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, so. But he never had it like Richard had it that bad. Right. You know, right. Yeah. You know, he was running down the streets uh, in a garbage bag. I know that much. <laughs> Wasn't well, you know what Martin <laughs> yes, did? Yes, he, he got did. he fell out trying to lose that weight. Yeah, <laughs> for I, bad I boys too. I believe he had a gun in his hand at that point too. Did he hey, trying to man. remember, he's running down Dude the freeway. From Maryland, what you expect? He's <laughs> from Baltimore, man. He gonna have that gun in his hand. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Have you seen the wire? <laughs> always got to have a gun from Maryland. Oh, uh, and that, I guess that was my next question. Was do you remember? Was there was there ever like a piece or like an album or a bit or a comedian you listened to as a kid that sort of made you realize you wanted to be funny or did you was that just a thing that was always in you? It was uh Bill. It was Bill Cosby himself. Oh, so good. It was, and it was when he said uh, it, it was the joke. Well, he always thought his name was Jesus Christ and his brother thought his name was Damn it. I think is what it was. And I was <laughs> yes. like, I said, this is hilarious. Just you know what that album and that and the movie period. Yeah. Uh, uh, was just so good because here's a man who's just sitting down telling jokes. Yeah. yeah. He's not moving around in any kind of frenetic pace or anything. He's just sitting sitting still telling these great jokes like an old man in a rocking chair. Right. You know? Right. And that really, I watched, I said, that's what I want to do when I grow up. Yeah. This was before the Cosby Show came out. This was like during, right after, uh, in my opinion, it was like right after uh, Fat Albert. It might have been way after Fat Albert sure but I was a kid and sure. I used to watch Fat Albert and this is the dude who does Fat Albert yeah and now he's being funny in a suit right telling jokes and I was, I, I was like this is who I want to be when I grow up yeah I still want to be Bill Cosby when of I course. grow up well who doesn't yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean you no know, they said he's still doing 300 days a year that's insane that is me. insane the dude's yeah. like 75 or something I, that's, that's that's and they say he's still killing it every night too so weird yeah, I had a friend who did, well, uh, my friend John, John Reap, he's like, man, I just saw Bill at like, in, 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 in I think Orange County or something. Said, man, he murdered it. That's so good. Yeah, like, so. I just don't understand how you stay relevant. I, I don't, don't get man. it. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, it just, I uh, that, uh, although, again, he's got a style where telling stories is not going to die as long as they're real. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Whereas jokey comedians, they've got. You know, you have to adapt. Yeah, you have to, yeah. But, and there's a shelf life for um, joke comedians. It's like when you can bring anything to like, now this happens to you too, right? Mm-hmm. Like when, man, when I'm with the kids and this, everybody like, oh, I know that. Yeah, of course, when you were the kids. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Or you could be one of the kids and you're like, yeah, that happens to me. Like the same way when I was watching Bill Cosby himself, 
I was like, I am the kid that he's talking about. Yeah. You know? Sure. Yeah. Do you, do you, what was the first thing you ever performed in and was it comedic? Uh, first thing I ever performed in. I don't know, man. I've been know, doing it for hard. so long. My yeah. mom was a director. Okay. Was it was a um, theater director. So I think the first thing I ever performed in was a, a, a talent show. And I did the 23rd Psalms. Uh-huh. Because we learned that in, in like pre-K and I did it on stage. I came in second place. That's awesome. With like a whole bunch of like other <laughs> kids, older kids, and I was like a, like maybe five or six years old, and I got mm-hmm. bit with the bug at that moment. I bet. Yeah, I was I like, bet. I want this all the time. Did you ever? Well, you you told the story earlier, but did, did you ever have a thing where I, I hear a lot of people tell stories about either Bill Cosby or Richard Pryor telling one of those jokes in a really like inappropriate public situation where it's like, Bill Cosby's fine, but Richard Pryor right. specifically. Right. You told the Red Fox thing. Yeah. Did you ever have anything like that? But like publicly, like I, I know some guys who would do these bits. Like out loud, they're like, "I have to do a talent show." My white friends would do these right. <laughs> Richard Pryor bits, not knowing this was right. inappropriate. Right? You know what I mean? Well, the thing about it is that anytime I do a Richard Pryor joke, I'd always be in the company of people who who want to sure. hear some Richard Pryor joke for sure. For you know, sure. so it was, I I never, I don't think uh, I. And, and the older you got, the 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 more you're like, okay, I can't do this around right, this right, company. Right, right, right. But like all my friends, we were all inappropriate back in the '80s. Sure. I don't know what the hell. I, we were cursing. We were in fifth grade, cursing up a storm. We didn't know any better, but we knew we couldn't. I think I had been at somebody's house before at a sleepover, and we were doing we were doing uh, Eddie Murphy jokes, uh-huh. and their mom was upstairs. Uh-huh. Oh God! Let me talk to you right quick. Oh, my name, come in, come in. Now, what's your mama's phone number? You stuff like that. You're like, oh man, Miss Rucker. I ain't mean to say I'm just playing around, Miss Rucker. No, no, come over here. I'll talk to your mama right quick. What y'all listen to over there? <laughs> Don't y'all go to my church? <laughs> um, what's I mean? Uh, so I, I I'm not up to date on on Martin Lawrence. What's the yeah. last thing you heard him do? I know Martin is doing a show uh, right now with Kelsey Grammer. It should be pretty good. It's about uh, lawyers from two different sides. That's insane yeah. to me. And it's okay. like it's going. I mean, I I know he. Uh, I think it's a it's a great deal. It's a ten ninety deal uh-huh. at uh, FX. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So they're gonna do yeah. ten of them, and if it's good, they're gonna um, we're gonna do ninety of wow. them. Wow! So I'm glad that he's doing that right now. Yeah. You know, because uh, the a lot of times what I've been noticing is like comedians. Even Eddie does this too, man. They um, you know, they I don't want to say they go for the money grab, but they go for the kid audience. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when he was doing the you know, college road trip where he's doing a big mama's house. And right. that's fine. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Especially because his company's producing it. Yeah. But me selfishly, yeah. I want to see Martin do some ignorant shit. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I want to see Eddie Murphy do something that's like really, you know, <sighs> yeah. off the wall. Yeah. You know? Yep. So I hope that this is an FX show, so I know it won't be super crazy. Sure. But man. I think, you know, it'd be closer. Yeah. You know? I want to see that brother get back on stage too, mm-hmm. man. I yeah. mean, I'm a, it's a selfish thing, but I would love it. That's all right. There's, there are a lot of people who'd like to see the same thing with Eddie. I, every time we talk about an Eddie Murphy album, I just get pissed that I don't get to see him do stand up. I know, man. I, you, know? you always hear rumors that Eddie says he's going to go back on the road. Well, man, well, uh, what he said, he's working. He, who do he say he was? He said, I'm, I'm Charlie Chaplin now, man. <laughs> said, I'm Charlie. He said, I'm one of the legends, so I ain't got to do that no more. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. What are you going to do? Um, uh, let's see. Do you have a favorite comedy album of all time? And is, uh, I mean, uh, if this is it, this is it's, it. It's, it's really not my. I mean, this is the one I wanted to talk about. Sure. Sure. I mean, sure. it's Bicentennial Nigga, is, it's yeah. probably my favorite. It, it's, and this was like 1970. 
six uh Richard Pryor when he was political. Sure. When he was a little bit he wasn't he was clear, not as clear as he should have been, but he mm-hmm. wasn't um as cloudy as he was probably right. in seventy eight or eighty. Yeah. Uh that album was and a lot of Sunset Strip is really good too. Yeah. But Bicentennial Nigga is, is, is him being angry. Right. You know, and it, like I said, it's that monologue at the end. And it's a lot of the jokes that he tells. Uh, I think that's the one that he does. The, uh, the, the, what's, what's the Kubrick movie? Uh, the, 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 okay. how? Oh, uh, how? Uh, uh, 2001 uh, Space Odyssey. Jesus, House. yes. Yeah, he, uh, he does, uh, I think, I think Bicentennial Nigga is, maybe it's not. I thought it was the one that he does it, the, the how joke. That's really good. Or just being in, like, uh, first time he ever took uh, acid. Uh-huh. I think that's the one. Okay. And it's just this great bit. Yeah. And it's like, it's so quiet in the audience. Mm-hmm. We're all just listening. <laughs> right, right. And then by the time it's over, it's just a loud applause. And it's yeah. like, man. Because it's not even, at that point, it's not even comedy. It's performance theater. Right, yeah. That was you know? the next question. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. And... One, and, and, and a lot of stuff that Richard did was performance theater. All the characters, I was born in Tupelo, Mississippi. <laughs> like, these are performance pieces yeah. as opposed to jokes. Right. You know, and another one that he did on Bicentennial Nigga was the um, the, uh, the preacher who was asking for money and said he don't, wanna, uh, he don't want no more handicapped kids in the church because they draw too much attention. It's, it's just crazy <laughs> shit like that. You're just like, man, this dude is on another level, man. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, that's really and I don't even know who else was right. I think Mooney was writing for him there. Oh, yeah. And John Witherspoon. Sure. Like, man, these guys, like, they were just writing this brilliant stuff, man. Yeah. And he was performing it. Like, like I said, he's a performance artist, man. It's not the kind of stand-up you see much anymore. Because, you know, if you're if you're just a working comedian, right. it's not, you don't have really the, the, you don't get the opportunity to put your show up. I mean, first of all, there aren't really concert comedians anymore. You right. know what I mean? You don't get to put on a show in front of thousands as much. As, right. You know, but... Uh, most working comedians like just go town to town, and they don't really get to write these huge bits, these right. experimental pieces. Right. And another, and, and, and another thing is that we live in a microwave generation. We want to hit the joke, for sure. Bam, for hit sure. it now. Get the people laughing the first ten seconds yeah. because they're not gonna have them. And mm-hmm. then another, you know. But it's like when you're, especially when you're richer at that point, man. He was God. Yeah. So it's like you have the patience. You have the crowd. The crowd has the patience yeah. to sit and listen to it, see what brilliance is going to drip off your lips. Right, right. And then it's like it was all worth it for that first for that five minute bit that you did this crazy thing, and the joke was so hit so well. Yeah. You know, like that's that's like the worst thing. I mean, it's not even bad. That, that's the difference between then and now. This is some, we live in a microwave society as it is anyway. Right. You know? Is it I, I, as an actor? Is it do you sort of suffer from the same thing when you're auditioning where they just they want it like that and or no if you come in with a clear choice Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter you know you come in with a clear choice man like i don't even have to worry about uh you know let me hit them in the head real hard and then also it comes from the fact that like in the industry the people know who i am they're like oh i've seen blindside i've seen Django. let me see what this guy's gonna bring sure 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 oh it's something different oh wow okay Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, then like just like Bicentennial nigga, at the end of it, you'll be like, I get it now. Right. You know, right. it works sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. But at least I've made a choice. Right. You know. Yeah. Do you I mean, do you have a preference as far as it sounds like you prefer 
maybe storytelling comedy again over joke comedy but you know we again i'm sorry to keep straying off of martin lawrence no, but you fine. know he's, he's more joke right stuff right. i mean he's got a couple great stories you know and that's what i like being on a road stories. trip yeah yeah the, the road trip mm-hmm. even the meeting michael jackson meeting, <laughs> oh god you know what i'm saying oh god like that, that whole bit that bit <laughs> you, and, and the funniest bit on that on the album to me was the one when the guy was heckling him and he just came oh, and Jesus. destroyed him. <laughs> like, I've seen comedians destroy people. Sure. He destroyed him, and he, then he said, and that's going to be on the album. Yes. So now you and your mama are both going to be in national news. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, God, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, but no, I like I like it when he does tell the stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I like storytelling comedians. It's yeah. like, I, I, I do, because it's like, I can, okay, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, as an actor, I suppose it would be more exactly. your alley. Exactly. As a writer, too. It's yeah, like, yeah. man, I want to hear the story, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just being like, bitches be shopping. Right. Bitches be shopping. Case right. I, you know, I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And, uh, it, that's one thing, too, is I, while I do host a comedy podcast, I don't get, get out to see a whole lot of stand-up, so I am kind of curious what... What you just said is the 90s. You just put the 90s. Bitches be shopping is the 90s. If, I do want to know what it is now, and I don't really know what it is. You know I, I go mean? to comedy clubs, man. Yeah. I went to a comedy club on Saturday. I'll probably go to one tonight. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's about But you got 15 <laughs> minutes. I mean, right. no, I, say, I go to right. open. I mean, I don't know. I open mics more. I went Saturday. I went to uh, the comedy store, mm-hmm. and you got 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, last time I've seen... A concert, comedy concert, up close, not like, you know, seeing Russell Brand or something on TV. Sure. But, like, uh, I think last time I went to a comedy show, it might have been the original Kings of Comedy, man. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And the only person I remember was Bernie Mac. Right, right. So, you know, and he <laughs> but, tells stories, not right. jokes. Yeah, amazing so, stories. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me just make sure I don't want to. Okay, good. We're doing good. Um Let's see. I'm trying to think because I, I will make sure and cut clips in and out, like you know, okay. uh, f- from the album as well. Um, let's see. Give me one second. I'm going to pause it for trying to prep you. Um, so, if you're going to recommend this album to people, right. and sometimes people don't. We did. We did Dice by Andrew Dice Clay, and the guy's like, I wouldn't recommend this to anybody. Right. But <laughs> if you're going to re- recommend this to people who haven't heard Martin Lawrence before, don't know him. Except for his movies, you know right. what I mean? How would you condense why this would be a good album to listen to? I don't know if it's a good album to listen to. What I would <laughs> say is this. I mean, I listen to it a lot, recommending it. I, you know, I would recommend it. Yeah. It's the album that every comedian, black comedian, who came up in the Def Jam era tried to emulate. Yeah. You know, it's that's what with everybody. I mean, maybe not Chappelle so much, right? Because he tells a lot of stories Definitely. also. But uh, m- the Cat Williams, the C- maybe not Cedric, but maybe Cedric a little bit. Uh, the 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 Chris Tucker's, not Chris Rock, but it's had it's an interesting story. I'll share it later. Uh, about what Chris Rock, what Chris Rock said about Martin Lawrence okay. during that time. Uh, if you want to hear, like, where did all of this crazy black folks do this, white folks do that stuff come from, it's the original. Sure. It's the original, so you can hear it and hear it in a, a more nuanced way. Sure. And then, like, white people can't dance, but black people can. It ain't just, it's not that. Right. You know, you can hear the way that, the mo- the interesting way uh, that, that it should be stated. Sure. So if I was going to tell anybody, I'm like, this is the... This is the album of the Def Jam comedian, for better or for worse. Sure. Yeah. 
do you when you look at it is it easy for you to to see the stuff that's the weaker stuff not that we want to necessarily call it out for all of its uh, you know anything's wrong but is there like weaker stuff that maybe that's been in comedy too long since then you think (sighs) stuff that's stuck around too much yeah i mean you just the whole album is like that i mean i mean a lot of it is you know it's like man uh dang i mean because everybody just took from it sure you know and it's like man dude i know i I mean i know chuck d's great but do you have to steal all his lyrics you know what i'm saying (laughs) it's like i know beethoven is really good but dang do you have to do every symphony that he did (laughs) and do it your way yeah is is that type of thing and but I don't know if it stuck around. I mean, like you said, it's something that should be in a capsule. Yeah. It's like, this is the 90s. This is the, the hip-hop when hip-hop was right before it exploded. Yeah. This is when it was hot. You sure. know what I'm saying? Sure. So it's like, it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can feel the energy. You can feel the freshness. You can feel the rawness of it. Definitely. Before Def Comedy Jam got a hold of it and, 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 and did whatever they're going to do with it. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I, and, you know, on your point earlier, we were talking about how, you know, Everybody's going crazy over him, including the women. Yeah. Kind of a, but the guy can make a joke about, can go on and on about how tiny his penis is. Exactly. And they love it. Exactly. They love it, and they're still hooting and hollering and it, loving him. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's like, amazing. Yeah, he's like, I got a small. He's like, yeah, I shrivel up. So, yeah. Right. And that's, that is like, that's, that's an entertainer. That is that undefinable, whatever the fuck it is. Yes, they, exactly. He gets on stage, he's magnetic, people don't care. That's exactly what it is. And yeah. I don't, and I hate the word X, the X factor. I hate that, but I still, it's something that is impossible possible unless you're in that room yeah you know right and that's what kind of carries people to be able to just say what they want and do their bits it was undeniable man Mm -hmm. it was and it's just something that came from him and i didn't even know that he was going to be that when Mm -hmm. i was watching house party or i was watching do the right thing i was like he's a funny guy yeah and the first time i saw him it might have been like 91 or 92 Mm -hmm. i saw him on a half hour special on hbo and I was like, oh, my God, this is the dude from House Party <laughs> right. with the bad breath? I was like, man, this dude is great. He's better than um, Eddie. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And then I watched it the other day with my wife. And I said, babe, watch this. I don't see that. I've never seen this before. She was like, oh, my God. I said, that's the, that's, that's the Martin I know. Right, right. I said, that's the Martin that I know. I said, this dude, it, it was just, like you said, he got on stage. He was up there. He was like, dang, it's Barry White up there doing jokes. You think women screaming like that. You know what I'm saying? That <laughs> yeah. dude was so good, man. He's like, he's magnetic, man. You know? What was the Chris Rock story you were going to tell me? Chris Rock was saying that uh, when he was on Saturday Night Live or whatever, he said that he was doing, he, he was touring. Mm-hmm. And his opening act was Martin Lawrence. Sure. Yeah, he didn't know. He's like, oh, Martin's my boy. Okay, whatever. He said Martin was murdering it so bad. <laughs> That like like the whole house would be torn down <laughs> by the time he comes on stage. Oh, no. He was like, "Yo, I gotta change my shit up, man. This is what it is." Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like how Def Jam comedians now hunch the chairs or whatever. But he's like, he was just so quick and just so good. Yeah, he's like, he made me into a better comedian because yeah. I was watching. I'm like, oh, that's how it's done. Yeah, because you know, Chris Rock was. Like in those Saturday Night Live uh, days, he was going through something. Like I, yeah. I don't think he really knew who he was. Yet. Right, right, right. Definitely. Yeah. So when he saw Martin, he was like, "Oh, that's how he's supposed to be done." Yeah. You bring down the house like that, not just doing, you know, observational humor. Yeah. Like, okay, I get it now. Yeah, it's interesting. Like that he would have it so early, and when you do look at Chris Rock when he was on SNL or when he was on In Living Color, he was just trying something that was not working right, at all. Right. And then I just remember flipping forward five or six years to when he did 
bigger and blacker and it's like holy fuck i had a whole like, yo when i you know what i was this might have been like what 95 maybe mm-hmm. when, when bigger and blacker came out right mm-hmm. it was 97 96 <laughs> okay shit yeah it was it was bring the which was the first one shit i can't remember bring the pain it was, it was the first one when i watched it I was like, man, whatever, dude. This dude from Saturday Night Live, man. I don't even mm-hmm. want to watch it. I was at my girlfriend's house at the time. I was like, all right, let's watch it. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> this ain't CB4. <laughs> right. You right. know what I'm saying? I said, yeah. this is good. Yeah. I said, this dude is brilliant, man. Mm-hmm. So that's like, I think like he was on the road with Martin at the time or something. He was like, oh, this is, if this, you said this is 95, 96. Like, Talking Shit came out in 95 and he probably recorded in okay. 94. So he's probably been like, yo, I see how it's supposed to be done. Right. You know? I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm not putting words in his mouth. He did sure. say this, too. Sure, sure, sure. You know, so, yeah, like, yo, that's like, you can even see the change in his stand-up. Even you see Chris Rock back in the days when he had the Jerry Curl right. doing stand-up on um, Catch a Rising Star or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a totally different dude. He came out with swag, too. He came out fresh, too. I was like, oh, man, got yeah. his teeth fixed and everything. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nice haircut, nice suit. I'm like, all right, bro, you saying Nate X no more. You know what I'm saying? No, he was killing it, man. But yeah, he did say that, man. He said that, I heard him say that about about uh, three or four months ago. He was like, yo, that that tour changed everything That's so me. interesting. Yeah. And it, too, because they're not really similar comedians at all. I don't look at them as me remotely neither. similar, but that he's just still got this energy off of him. It's, oh, shit. I think what it is, is just like you see the way that Martin controlled the control the crowd he moved the sure, crowd sure, like a sure. rapper that's true like yeah. an mc he moved the crowd yeah and i think he saw that he's like oh that's how you're supposed to that's how but that's how all the great ones do it man right yeah you know they control however the energy is they they set the tone for that mm-hmm. you know that's interesting yeah thank you so much for doing this no problem. this has been a lot of fun and i would absolutely love to have you come back whenever the hell you want we'll yeah. talk about bicentennial nigga man i got a right. whole dissertation about that that'd be great that'd all be right, fun sure um uh, so Eastbound and Down Eastbound and Down Every Sunday night at 10 o'clock baby We only got four more episodes left So come on and join us man We wilding out on there Dante No 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 Yeah man And then uh, In the beginning of the year Catch me on Rake On Fox Okay With Greg Kinnear Nice It's really 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 good show It's a dramedy mm-hmm. Very fun man Twitter, anything? Where can Twitter. I find you online? You find me at Omar Dorsey on Twitter. You can find me at Mr. Mr. Dorsey on Instagram. And you can find me on It Is What It Is podcast with my boy Terry Jingles. And we're wilding out on that thing, man. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, brother. This has been a lot of fun. Everybody, thank you for listening. And as always, have a good thing. Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, rate us highly, and write your reviews. You can follow us on Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl and Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl. Him rolling, he got ripping mad. His eyes were bulging out. He jumped upon the piano and loudly he did shout. Who threw the overalls in Mrs. Murphy's shoulder? Nobody spoke, so he shouted all the louder.